All right, we're live and we're rolling, and this is The Real Venture. I'm your host, Peyton, joined by my cousin and business partner, Luke. And Luke and I are entering into the business world by starting a few companies of our own. So we decided to create this very podcast as a platform so we can ask other successful entrepreneurs the questions we need answered in order to help our businesses grow. Every single week, we are joined by CEOs, venture capitalists, artists, co-founders, and influencers, all with one thing in common, they're young entrepreneurs. The only thing I'm gonna need you to do is hit that subscribe button so you never miss a conversation. Every single Wednesday, Luke and I will be right here and we can't wait for you to join us. All right, we're back, round two, part two of our NIL uh, explanation. Uh, If you missed Wednesday's episode, would love for you to hop back and download it. But if this is, you know, your first time listening to this, uh, we're talking about NIL. And uh, I'm just gonna have Jake, just because he teed it up so beautifully last time, just re-explain what NIL is. Jake, what are we talking about today? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about name, image, and likeness. So this is an athlete's uh, rights to their own name, image, and likeness, and the ability to promote and profit off of it. Um, That could be anything from memorabilia, meet and greets, autographs, to uh, influencer marketing deals and brand sponsorships, anything in any way that a player can get paid for being a player. Yep. And you know, th- I, that is a battle cry that has been going on for a long time, man. I just want to get paid, which is why people leave school early, go to the NFL, the NBA, whatever the professional organization is that they belong to, um, mm-hmm. all in search of money. And now in college, you're going to be able to do that, which is, uh, which is exciting, but it's also kind of scary, right? You know, there's going to be, uh, a lot of things that, could go wrong potentially. And, uh, I think we'll, we'll cover those a little bit more, but you know, let's start with what are some of the big NIL deals that have already happened? Because this went live in Ju- July. Would, would you yeah, say July, July? I think it was July 1st. Yeah. July 1st is kind of when everything, you know, kind of started hitting the fan. So what are some of the biggest deals, um, that have happened so far? So the, the biggest one that's been reported was literally day one, Percy Miller, Who's going to be playing at Tennessee, playing basketball at Tennessee State this fall? Signed a two million dollar deal over four years with Web Apps America. They're a tech company. Wait, at Tennessee State? Yeah, ten, I think Tennessee State. Oh, so see, that's that's crazy to me because that's not even a Power Five school. Yeah, that was that was kind of interesting to me as well. Now his dad is Master P, so he definitely has a lot uh, of connectivity uh, there. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's like the largest like official reported deal, which is which is just kind of crazy. Two million dollars on day one. You know, I wonder. Okay, so you know, now my mind's starting to go. If if I was a booster at a uh, you know like a group of five school, you know, not one of the not one of the big boys. I wonder if you know throwing out some big deals for people to come to certain schools would be enticing to pull them away. Like if you know if I was at a Mac school. And, you know, I'm, I'm a local like car dealership owner. I mean, throwing out like a $2 million deal and, you know, free cars for life for some five-star to come to Ball State. You know what I mean? Like, you know, do you think people are going to start doing stuff like that? I mean, $2 million Absolutely. is a ton Without of money. A doubt. Without a doubt. People are, are, are going to try and do that. The interesting part is how is the NCAA and the school going to kind of regulate that? Because that does, that does fall into some gray areas with boosters and recruiting um, and trying to sway guys to schools. Do you think for the most part, schools want this to happen? I know the NCAA doesn't, you know, they kind of just have been forced, um, to do this, but how do you think schools as a whole kind of view this? I think it depends on who you talk to. Okay. Um, on that a little bit. I think, 
I think for most of the administration, it's maybe something that from like a, like a player's rights perspective, they respect, but in terms of like having to control it, enforce it, put rules around it and deal with the transition, it's going to be a huge headache for them. Yeah. It's going to be a compliance nightmare. Yeah. It's going to be a nightmare. Having to manage all the deals that guys are going on, make sure they're following the rules, guys getting into arguments over deals. Um, It's going to, you know, affect team chemistry a little bit. Like we talked about before, like if your quarterback's making seven figures and you're playing at safety, you know, not a, unless you're just an absolute ball hawk, you know, it's not a super, you're not getting a ton of media attention at safety. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, what's that, what's that difference look like? So I I think for a lot of the administrators, it's going to be a nightmare. One of the, another thing is like, how does it affect the school's deals with their sponsors? Like Adidas and Nike. Dude, that is that is a great question because we were talking about that the other day. Let's say that you play for Oregon, which is obviously a, a complete Nike school, right? Everything mm-hmm. is Nike. Yeah. Right? What if you sign a massive deal with Adidas? Are you going to be able to wear the cleats? <laughs> I feel like Phil Knight would just pay you whatever whatever needed yeah. to happen to, to Maybe that's prevent bad that from happening. <laughs> um, but no, that's a that's a great point. Like that would be a power move by Adidas. I don't know if that's going to be able to happen, but that, that would definitely be interesting. Yeah. Um, Phil Knight worked with Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't know if I said his name right, but he big DN for them. Uh, they just he just released an NFT. Oh, with so I think he might have been he might have been the first. I don't know if he was officially the first, but he was one of the first people, college players, to release an NFT. Yeah, because up up until this point, no current college player has. Because I know Luca Garza plays bas- played basketball for Iowa, did a big, big NFT project after he graduated. Um, but that's going to be interesting with you know a- NFTs coming out. I remember when I was uh, when I was really young, they did like these um, jumbo hero poster things for all these like Purdue football players and basically like turned them into cartoon characters. And obviously, like back then, like nobody made any money off of it, or maybe they did secretly under the table. I don't know. But um, you know, like stuff like that, like collectibles and uh, cartoons and animations of all these players. Like that's all going to be NFTs. It's all going to be cards that they can sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Michigan just uh, struck up a deal with the bookstore that they now can sell all the player jerseys in there. So you can go in and actually, you know, make money if people were buying your jerseys, which I bet like yeah. Denard Robinson wants to go back in time so bad because the number of 16 jerseys that they probably sold when he was there were insane. Insane. And, and he got none of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so that goes to show you like, you know, power five versus non-power five schools. How big of a following does the school have? How big uh, is the media attention for the school? You know, there's going to be a big difference between a dude going to Penn State and a dude going to Kent State with how much they're going to make in NIL deals. And so that's going to affect recruiting. That's going to affect like, you know, players' decision-making and all that. And it's interesting, you know, we were talking about NFTs, you talk about collectibles. I don't think a lot of people understand how many different ways you can utilize NIL. Like it's not just Instagram posts. What other ways are there? I mean, so you've got official brand sponsorships getting sponsored. Then you've got the influencer marketing side Mm -hmm. of that, which is posting on social media, YouTube channels and podcasting, which are going to be a big one. One that I think people underestimate is players starting their own training businesses athletic training especially you can do it online pretty easily you could set it up pretty easily that's going to be a big one um autograph signings event appearances just different different types of events parties whatever tons of businesses 
if they're throwing like a luncheon or something, would love to get some players, like local players. Mm-hmm. If like, say you're in Lafayette, uh, you know, we went to Purdue, tons of events where Purdue, they would love to have a couple of Purdue players there. Memorabilia is going to be a huge one. And then just, you know, whatever companies players want to start. Clothing brands are the most, the most popular, but everyone's got a clothing brand now. So you have to find a, like a unique way to differentiate it. But there's, a, there's a ton of different ways. Yeah, the the appearance ones I think could really get out of hand because like you know whoever wins the high or you know whoever's in in the running for the Heisman like they're gonna get invited to like the Met Gala mm-hmm. and like you know like crazy high profile like celebrity level events and I mean, like those appearance fees might be like three hundred five hundred k a, a million dollars to do something like absolutely mm-hmm. crazy like that like some of that is some of that is definitely gonna get out of hand. Do you think? you know, kind of going back to the recruiting side of things, do you think coaches are going to start working that into their talk track when they're sitting in somebody's living room and they're like, Hey, like you come here, you know, our quarterback made a million last year in NIL. And I think that that's something that you can do. I mean, do you think like that kind of comparison and opportunity forecasting is is going to be a thing now? I don't see how it couldn't be. I don't see how a coach can try and recruit a player and have that not be a part of the discussion because it's all about, you know, the, the coach is trying to sell the, the school to the player. So it's all about what the player is getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Their NIL package in terms of like how much is the player going to be able to make? How much is the school and the athletic program going to be able to help them to get there? Um, that's one thing schools are going to really have to get together. There's been a number of programs either like hire a personal brand coach or they have departments that help with that. Um, like I know Ohio State has a whole media department specifically for their athletes to help them with their personal brands. So it's, it's, it's definitely going to be a a prevalent part of the conversation. Where is this going to go in the future? How is NIL going to change from, you know, it's first year to, you know, five, 10 years down the road. Uh, That's a great question. Um, At a, at a large scale, it's only going to get bigger. There's only going to be more and more money put towards NIL deals for, for college athletes. If you look at like influencer marketing over the last, you know, seven, eight years, it's only gone up exponentially and it's going to continue to go up exponentially as, you know, more and more and bigger and bigger brands get into the space. Now, how the, the exact landscape of like how much players are making and what kind of deals and what does that look like? We're going to see, it's just going to see how do, how do these deals perform over time? There have been several high profile deals already announced. You know, we talked about the one for Hersey Miller, um, Bryce Young, the Bama QB that hasn't played a game yet, reportedly has already a million dollars in NIL, NIL deals. Um, so, you know, it's going to be, how does, how do those deals pan out for those companies? You know, what kind of results yeah. do they get? And it's just, you're going to just going to wait and see if they perform great and those companies see great sales, more and more companies are going to put money towards NIL deals. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting. I feel like we're going to get a huge wave of compliance and rules at some point next year, uh, yeah. after this football season to kind of see how it plays out just from all the violations or, you know, supposed violations that occur. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's going to be exciting to see. Yeah. Cause you know, my, my one question is, is like, obviously like, you know, this is a lot of a good thing. So what on earth could possibly ruin this? And I think, you know, like you said, there are going to be a ton of violations this year. I mean, there already have been, you know, so many violations of people just trying to do it. You know, it, it kind of goes to the argument. Like if you completely took away guns, people would still find a way to get them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you weren't playing athlete, you know, you weren't paying athletes. People were still finding a way to get paid. So now that they 
are getting paid, there's going to become new illegal ways to pay them even more and, you know, things, things along those lines. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how all of that pans out. I'm sure like this year will probably be, you know, the, the best it will be. Um, I think regulations are going to just continually get slapped on a little bit and I think it'll make it harder and harder for, um, people to make ridiculous amounts of money. I'm sure just in, the, you know, kind of the way everything goes, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to make it more equal for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe, maybe all the money that somebody on the team makes all goes into a pool and then gets, you know, pulled out. I don't know. You know, there, there, there's a bunch of different, bunch of different ways it could go, but I'm really excited for this year. I think we're going to see some, some crazy stuff. And, you know, I just want to see if it affects the way they play. Are people going to be so caught up and making money off the field that they neglect and start to suck at, you know, the reason that they're making the money in the first place. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you'll always have that, but the, the true play, the true players, the truly dedicated players will stay dedicated. Um, you know, you'll see the people in the middle start to fall off just like you have in every team. Yep. I am interested to see what certain players do, like how they take this opportunity and they just run with it. Like mm-hmm. guys like Juju, in the league, like what he's been able to do from a, a personal brand and sponsorship standpoint is pretty crazy. He got huge into gaming um, and that's just brought a ton of different opportunities. So, you know, what, what college players um, that stream or what are they, what, you know, what different things are they going to be able to do? What players with, with YouTube channels are going to be able to take off with that? You know, tons of people would yeah. love to get behind the scenes, like at college football or any college sport, really destroying the, YouTuber, he was a kicker at UCF. He got he got into trouble. To bring that up. Yeah, he got into trouble yep. for his YouTube channel, um, and eventually they got like I think he got kicked out of school and blacklisted. I think he I think he had the option to make a choice, and he chose to leave football to pursue his YouTube. Yeah, Respect which just sucks that that was a thing. I mean, like it does, but hey, you know, he paved the way, and he's he's doing pretty well for himself. I think it was overall a good decision. What do you think the transition is going to be like from people making a lot of money in college into going to the NFL? I mean, do you think that there's going to have to be, you know, do you think a lot of these programs are going to cut it off when they go to the NFL? Are they going to try to keep their deals in place with the kids? Um, Will the kids just say, screw it and cut them off because they're making league money now? You know, what what do you think that transition is going to look like? Uh, It's hard to say case by case. You know, it just depends on the company, the player, and what kind of deal it looks like and just what their contract looks like. You know, if you sign a three-year deal in your senior year, you know, how are you going to get out of that? So, yeah. you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. I'm interested to see how it affects guys' decisions to leave early. A lot of times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in football at least, you have, to, you have to stay three years, three years out of high school. So a lot of guys, once they get uh, a pretty good draft rating after the junior year and they think that they can get drafted, they'll decide to go so they can start making money. If you get drafted after the third, you know, maybe fourth round prior to NIL, it made sense to stay another year and try and raise your draft stock to get into those first three rounds because the amount you make is way higher. But you have risk of injury. You have, you know, you're not making money in that time frame. You know, you don't know what your family needs, whatever it might be. Now, if you're making money with NIL and you don't have that money pressure, you know, more guys might decide to stay that extra year, build the draft stock, try and go in the first three rounds, first round maybe it's way more money. It's, it's pretty crazy. So, uh, that's going to be interesting to see as well. Yeah. I wonder, um, I wonder if like, you know, playing devil's advocate, I wonder if the reverse will happen though, where somebody decides to stay to make 
their NIL money and then they end up getting hurt and then oh, yeah. losing their losing their draft stock too. Like that that's going to be a tough choice for a lot of people come junior year. You know, do I do I stay and make 500k or do I leave right now and, you know, roll the dice in in the NFL and and see what happens because you know, I mean, once you declare for the draft, you're done, right? You can't you, can you can you declare for the draft and then decide not to go and then come back or like as soon as you get drafted like you're you're done. As soon as you get drafted, you're done. I think as soon as you declare, you can't come back. Like as soon as you sign an agent, so you, it's not like basketball where you can declare, see how it goes, and then come back. I think once you declare, you're okay. you're gone. So massive life decisions made after junior year, and NIL is only going to make that mm-hmm. more intense. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think a lot of people have a. An overinflated view in terms of what NIL is going to do for the majority of players. Nearly all the deals that we've talked about, you know, one basketball player, you know, that that's kind of a different dynamic. You don't have as many players. Players are more well known. You get to see their faces, which is a huge difference. Um, mm-hmm. That's something we haven't talked about with football yet. You can't even see faces on the field. But we've primarily talked about QBs, and, yeah. and you know that that position gets the most attention and is the most well known player on the field for any team it's going to be a pretty big drop off. You know, you go QB, the run, number one running back, number one or two receiver, maybe like a, a lockdown corner that just gets picks or like a DN that just sacks quarterback all the time. Like those big defensive playmakers after yeah. that, you know, guys aren't as well known. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the big name players are going to get their, going to get their deals are going to get their money. But what are those, you know, second tier guys going to get, what are those middle of the pack guys going to get? Yeah. I think I think the ultimate winners are going to be, you know, like those one and like the wide receivers, one and two, the people who are really, really well known in their community. Um, obviously, like really well known on the team, but maybe for whatever reason, you know, don't get like complete national praise, but just like, you know, like I mean, those are the people that you think like if you're if you're a fan of a team, obviously you're going to know the person who scores the most touchdowns for you, regardless of if mm-hmm. they're like a potential Heisman candidate. So like guys like that are just going to make bank. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to get, they might not get like the big $2 million deals that like, you know, you and I just talked about, but they're going to get 15, you know, hundred K deals or, you know, a, a bunch of things from, from local people or, or smaller markets. You know, I think the other thing that's going to be crazy is like, I live in Austin and university of, you know, Texas is the professional team here. Um, they're, you know, well, we have an MLS team now, but you know, f- like Texas football is the Holy grail for this city. So if you're an athlete at Texas, like you are the biggest deal in town, uh, from an athletic standpoint. So, you know, you might not be getting like national, you know, notoriety for, for your deals, but like in and around Austin, like you're going to make bank yeah. and it's, it's, it's going to be really, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. And one thing I just thought of with you saying that was, so the, the, call it the, the dollar value of the media market in te- in, at the University of Texas, massive mm-hmm. just because of their brand mm-hmm. and, and how much the fans love Texas football. How is yep. that going to affect, um, but they haven't been doing as well the last couple of years. Yep. You know, they haven't been winning as many games the last couple of years. How is that going to affect a player's decision to go to a school that might be better than Texas, but they don't have as big of a money market, so they're not going to make as much money. So it's like, do I want to win games or do I want to go make more money? That is that is an incredible point because you you do have the tech like Texas and Texas A and M are probably two of the biggest athletic programs like 
I didn't even realize this till I moved down here, but Texas A&M has like, they have money, money. Like that program brings in so much. If I'm looking at SEC teams, like obviously like I would want to go play, um, like you want to go play for Bama, uh, LSU, schools like that. But you know that like in the SEC, two of the biggest, the two biggest markets are Texas A&M and Texas. So maybe now that's like you just said, I'd rather go make money. So I'm going to go to those schools. So you know, colleges in, in big media markets, if they're in big cities, they might be able to start pulling some new people, um, which goes back into the whole like recruiting talk track. It, it, every, everything's just changed. Like the, the football that you and I know and went through is gone. Like it, there's, it there's no other it's way gone. to put it. It's good though. It's good. It's good for the players. I'm happy for them. Yeah. Just wish we were just born too early. earlier. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we're just, we're just a little too old, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. I got a, I got a little brother that's that's coming up now he's he's a junior this fall in high school so you know these are conversations that i'm having with him is he thinking about this at all oh absolutely these are conversations i'm having with him um he's got two offers right now marshall and purdue shout out so um Mm -hmm. you know we're we're excited for him so um but yeah i mean it's something to consider it's not on the realm of like decision making process for a school Mm -hmm. more so for like him personally like how should he prepare so yeah. like what I'm telling him is like, you know, he's, he's going to his, his junior year and this is all players that want to play in college, any sport. This is an opportunity that those players have now. They can start making money through their name, image, and likeness. So how is the, how should you prepare for that is just build your personal brand. Whatever social channels you want to do, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever you want to stand for, just start building a personal brand now so that it compounds over the next coming years and you're setting yourself up in a good position when you enroll in college. There you go. It's the name of the game. Well, Jake, thank you so much for coming on today. Enjoyed uh, running it back and, and, and talking a little football and you know, excited, uh, excited for this year to see, to see what happens. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you having me on. All right, guys, if you want to continue this discussion, follow us on our social media. Our Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebooks will all be in the description of this episode. Hop on there, shoot us a DM, hit us up with whatever concerns, questions, comments that you guys have. We'd love to uh, to continue to build that community on there. Next, subscribe to wherever you listen, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, uh, Overcast, you name it, we got it. We also have a YouTube channel now. So hop over there and subscribe to us. All the clips that we post on social media will be there as well, plus uh, you know a couple little extra ones for, uh, for the real fans out there. So we appreciate you guys. Next, please leave a rate and a five-star review. It helps us out tremendously because of you guys' support, we already cracked the top 150 for business and entrepreneur podcasts, and I think that we can crack the top 100 here real soon with your guys' continued support. Lastly, reach out to us if you're a young entrepreneur and you'd like to share your story on the podcast. We'd be more than happy to ask you some questions because we know that it's going to be a great learning experience for us. 